Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. This episode is sponsored by my firm, Falcon Winkler, CPAs and business advisors. We are committed to proactively serving the well-being of our clients to achieve their business goals. We go beyond the numbers to provide personalized service tailored to each client. From outsourced accounting, income tax planning, to retirement services. You can find more information about the firm at www.fw-cpa.com. All right, guys, back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and we are recording over Zoom today. We have a fabulous guest that I can't wait to talk to about um, what she does for a living and what she's passionate about. Um, So we will talk to her in just a second, but I do want to go ahead um, and let everyone know that since this is coming out the first week in April, we have our April book of the month. So for those avid readers of the Louisiana Ladies Book Club, all four of you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hopefully there's more, but we are going to do a nonfiction book on the first month of every quarter because we've gotten a, a lot of really good recommendations and I'm trying to kind of up my nonfiction reading game since, you know, I like to read beach reads like all year long. So um, our book for April is The Good Life. And it's lessons from the world's longest scientific study of happiness. I just feel like it's going to be a winner. So um, it is by Robert Waldinger and Mark Schultz. And both of them have PhDs and MDs. So this was actually recommended. She, I don't think she listens to the podcast, but I'll give her a shout out anyway. Julie Laparus, who's kind of well-known in Baton Rouge and public speaker and, um, really great person to know. She had shared this on her Instagram. So I thought that's going to be good because Julie shared it. So I already have mine on the way. So let's get to talking to our guests. So uh, I totally butchered this last name when I just said it. So it's Jody Ane. No, I said that wrong. Very close. Jody Ane. <laughs> she says it so much prettier than me. I mean, I'm like, hey, y'all. <laughs> well, it's actually... I and uh, it's my husband's last name, mm. and my husband is Belgian. Um, so uh, in Belgium, you know, it's a country where you're Flemish and you're F- French. And he grew up in the Flemish-speaking part of the country, but he was a French. He's a French-speaking at home, and uh, Anne is actually a French name. So beautiful. It comes well, from. look. I love the way it's, I love the way it's pronounced. Okay. And I'm so glad it's pronounced that way than what I said. Originally, okay. We won't even go there. And then Lainey that's always okay. makes fun of me. She's like, Melissa, that's like what you get most nervous about. I'm like, I know saying people's names. So Jody is the executive director of kids orchestra. And I've seen you guys out and about in the community. So can't wait to talk about uh, what that organization does and the mission and vision and purpose. But let's start with a very basic question, Jody. Where are okay. you from? Where are you from? Well, I was born and raised in Baton Rouge. Um, True Louisiana lady. I am a true Louisiana lady. (laughs) Um, However, I did leave Louisiana when I was 22. Um, I married, like I say, this 
Belgian guy named Michael. And we moved away. We moved up to New Jersey. Um, we were there for 16 years. Then we uh, were transferred over to Scottsdale, Arizona, mm -hmm. and we were there for another nine years. And then I kind of had this kind of breakdown and said, I want to go home. Aww. And so uh, being the person that he is, he said, okay, let's go back to Baton Rouge. So I was away uh, for for quite a while, about 25 years, 25, 26 years. And then I came back. Yeah, that's that's definitely a long stint to be gone. Yeah. So you're kind of like a boomerang, sort of. You were here <laughs> yes. and then you came back. I feel like that's what they call people from Louisiana. So, yes. okay, so what did you do leading up to your current role? You know, what, oh just a little bit goodness. of history if, what, with whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. I like to give well, people background because everybody kind of has a, a cool sure. story. Sure. Well, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm a musician and uh, I got a... Uh, a bachelor of music education degree from LSU okay. and uh, my I had two instruments uh, piano and, and voice and so with that you know I take off and right after college we get married and moved to New Jersey um, and I couldn't imagine that I would be hired to teach anywhere because I was thinking Louisiana girl, little old me, they won't want me. Well, I ended up starting to teach in some incredible uh, school districts. In fact, the first school district that I taught in, I taught a girl named Lauren Hill for two years. Uh, uh. Yes, she was in my choir and she sang, um, she sang Imagine uh, by John Lennon at our choir concert. So. Okay, so let me ask you this though. So I, this totally—I uh, told Jody. I said I don't really plan right. <laughs> questions out. So, like, did you know? Because I mean, um, could you spot the talent that she had at that point, or do some people have it early on, or do they have it? <clears throat> just need to grow with it a little bit. Kind of curious about that. She was in seventh grade, and she had a knockout voice, just knockout. And, um, I mean, I had no idea that she was going to, you know, seventh and eighth grade, she was with me. And then she went to Columbia High in South Orange, uh, New Jersey. And that's where she for they formed the group, the Fugees. And, you know, and she was in Sister Act 2 and all that. Um, I had no idea that she would go that far. Um, but her voice was one of the voices that I've taught that. I mean, it stood out and I didn't even realize that I was like, have, I, I wasn't even teaching at the time when I realized it was Lauren Hill and I opened up like a people magazine sitting in the dentist's office one day and look and I, I'm like, oh my Jesus, there's Lauren Hill. Crazy. The <laughs> you know? That's, that is such a cool story. I mean, <laughs> a story, it's just, that is so, yeah, like, yeah, it was really, it was wild. Um, so, um. Yeah, so I started off teaching, you know, vocal music, and um, and I taught up in New Jersey, and I just loved it, and I got into this great program. Um, I was selected to to become a master teacher in this philosophy of teaching called the 
Kodai methodology and and I spent summers in Connecticut studying and and doing research on folk music and I got to do some really really cool things with music uh, and children uh, up in New Jersey and um, children's choirs became my passion I just loved it and um, I had a 120 voice children's choir at a church with handbell choirs. It was crazy. And I had so much fun and I loved it. Then I started having children and uh, then my children went to this. Um, we got involved in a school. I helped start a private school and it's a, it was an, an inclusion school. It was, hey, all kids are welcome here. Wow. It doesn't matter your race, your faith, your abilities, you know, uh, everybody's welcome here. And I loved that concept. Um, and you'll see the connection when I start talking about kids orchestra. Yeah. But anyway, so I uh, started teaching music there, did some really cool things, took the kids to off Broadway, had kids perform off Broadway. Uh, in a theater, we did an incredible show about Shakespeare. Um, my kids were in it. We had, you know, a broad, uh, uh, the the very first Beast from Beauty and the Beast uh, starred in our show. It was it was incredible. You know, the opportunities were wonderful. So it was great. And then one day, my husband came in and said, uh, um, "We have to move to Scottsdale, Arizona," and. Of course, I'm stunned and the children start crying hysterically. And he says in his beautiful little French accent, oh, but it's okay. We'll get another dog. I'm oh. like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, so. I'm sorry. Anyway. I was trying to make money. But bless his heart. He thought that was just going to fix everything. <laughs> he just thought it was going to fix everything. Oh, my God. It made him stop crying. <laughs> so we moved to Scottsdale. I give up everything. Church choir, the school, Chatham Day School. I, you know, my kids, I mean, you know, we're just uprooted. Um, and of course, Scottsdale, I don't know if you've been there, but I, it, I was just there in January. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how you were on vacation? Yeah. Well, there's this proverbial vacation thing going on in Scottsdale, oh. you know, so everybody's kind of on vacation, you know, um, <laughs> so it was a complete change yeah. and we really, we really loved it and, and the kids really enjoyed it. Um, but from there, um, somehow or another, and I, I don't even, I won't even go to it. I'll give you the Reader's Digest version, but you know how I said we were going to have a second dog? Well, we, I ended up becoming a breeder of oh. designer dogs. Oh. Um, and they were called Mikis, M-I dash K-I. And um, I uh, had someone build this gigantic website. The dogs came from a smile island off the coast of Malaysia. They cost a bazillion dollars a piece. The next thing I know, um, so I'm breeding dogs. And so I have all these dogs and I get a call one day and someone says, hi, um, this is Mo Barkley. And I said, hi, how are you? Uh, I really like puppy. Okay. Well, I have a waiting list. And so she goes, okay, well, I, I, 
the thing is, is that I want to buy this puppy for Cotton Fitzsimmons' wife. You know, Cotton just died. Oh, who? I, oh, oh, that's terrible. I, who's Cotton Fitzsimmons? Well, he's the coach of the Phoenix Suns, and he just died. Oh, oh, I, I'm so sorry. And his wife is very lonely. I want to buy a dog for her. Oh, oh okay. Um, you don't know who my husband is. And I said, well, no. And she says, Charles Barkley. And I said, oh, I still had no idea who I'm talking about. So I'm Googling. You're faking it. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Miss Barkley. Yes, of course I can find a dog for you. <laughs> well, from Mo Barkley, I got into this whole NBA thing. I was selling dogs to all kinds of people. I sold dogs to the uh, Nike executives. And, and it just went all around. Then I'm selling to the president of Nordstrom's. I mean, my dogs went all over the place. It was crazy. You know, and I just, you know, just had these little puppies and, you know. Yeah, so, for, especially for something that I don't, doesn't sound like you were like planning on being a dog breeder. No, it just mm, no, no, mm, no. I never planned on it. And, and I can tell you, it's not that glamorous. Yes, I was flying all over the United States with these beautiful designer bags with designer puppies in them and going to really these cool places. I even went to Europe and dropped one off. Oh my gosh. It's not very, uh, it, it's, it's not very um, elegant. There's a lot of mopping involved yeah. and cleaning. It's truly, you know, yeah. well, anyway. Like puppies, puppies, they're not trained. Yeah. So anyway, so that was like one little stint that I did when I got to to uh, Scottsdale. But um, once again, though, I'm drawn back into music and and um, I started doing volunteer children's choirs at a Catholic church. And of course, there were five kids and then all of a sudden there's like 70 kids in the program. And, you know, and uh, then I was asked to be one of the um conductors of the phoenix boys choir which is like a 75 year old boy choir and they're unreal you know they we you know they do big tours we come to japan we take them you know we took them all over the place and i started doing that and then i get a call from a school phoenix school district number one um in downtown phoenix and it's some of the roughest kids in Phoenix there it's basically I was teaching children of gang members and they said we will give you a sign-on bonus and blah 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 we're trying to get really good wonderful teachers not to brag but you know into you know to, to help these kids we feel like they'll be more uh successful and so I said okay I this will be something fun so I did it and I'm so glad that I did it and I was there for two years um and um in the two years the it was incredible what all happened and what we did musically um what I learned from those kids they were just unreal um it's very 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 special little children and some of them we wouldn't see for weeks at a time and that's because they were you know they were crossing the border and you know, going back down and then they would come back and, oh. you know, it was just a very, uh, very different kind of situation, but I'm so glad that I had that opportunity. Um, and then at that point, um, 
that's when we decided to move back to Baton Rouge. I had a sister who had cancer and she was very ill okay. and I wanted to come back. Um, and I did. And, okay. uh, and so I got back over here and I had a master's degree from Bank Street College in New York City, educational leadership. Um, you know, I had all these incredible credentials and, you know, and, you know, I, I mean, at that school where I was, I was treated like a queen, you know, I, I got a lot of great treatment, you know, and I got down here to Baton Rouge. And so I said, you know what, I want to, I want to start teaching, you know, I want to do some teaching. I'm really interested in becoming a principal, maybe superintendent, you know, I'm kind of going that way. And, and I end up uh, in the East Baton Rouge Parish School District at Wedgwood Elementary School. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, no, we, you don't have a music room. Oh, okay. Well, do you have any equipment? Well, we have this cart right here. The wheel's broken on it, but, and it's got a keyboard on it, but the right speaker doesn't work. That's all there was, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And these were kids who, I mean, this was 2011. Okay. They had come in from, these were a lot of kids who, who, uh, were from New Orleans that had come into Baton Rouge during Katrina. Okay. And so it was some rough kids. And I was like, what, I, I don't have any equipment. I don't have anything. What am I going to do? And um, I just started singing with them. And those kids, oh my gosh, they could sing. They could sing like crazy. And so I just, we just sang. We sang everything that I, I could get my hands on and they loved it Mm. and they had so much I mean it was it was so inspirational we went to see um we went to see the magic flute with with the opera they loved it you know we studied the opera we did all kinds of really cool things barely had anything to work with but you know I just put it together and I just did it um and during that time I um I was asked to be the children's choir director at uh St. James and um, I was, you know, doing this choir. And of course, I started off with like two kids and then I have like 18 or something. And I always, I'm pretty good at c- recruiting kids. And so yeah, I was about to say, apparently when you're like yeah. five, another 75, right. apparently right. there. I, somehow no, I always recruit kids. So the founder of Kids Orchestra and okay. her name is Nanette Nolan came up to me one day in the this between the pews and said, you're the Pied Piper. You just know how to get those kids. And I said, well, I just, you know, uh, yeah, uh, make it fun. And she said, um, I want you to come work at Kids Orchestra. And, I, you know, I had no idea what it was. Again, once again, I'm running to the computer. I'm Googling. I'm talking, you know, I'm trying to figure out what this thing is. And she had started uh, kids orchestra about a year and a half before and gotten it off the ground and it you know just had you know they had about maybe 60 kids or so and they were at some schools and so she said come over to kids orchestra grow the program money falls mission just grow this program we need kids in this program so I uh, I talked to her and basically the mission of kids orchestra was to bring kids together through music um, and try to unite uh, the citizens of Baton Rouge. Um, 
you know, as you know, we have huge racial disparities in our city. And um, the founder's idea was that if we start with our youngest and we create relationships between the children, that these relationships will grow and people will start understanding that how much we are alike and and also how can we celebrate our differences as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I just thought the mission was beautiful. So I came over. I got carte blanche on recruitment. So we started the year with 500 kids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a few comments slash questions. Jenny. Okay. So, you know, I think that just people in general greatly underestimate the value of music until mm -hmm. it's there. Right. So I'm going to give you, I'll give like a little, like, I love music, but I don't always listen to it. But when I do mm -hmm. and, and whether all kinds of music, we're just, I'm just talking music in general, mm -hmm. but we do, it really, it can really bring people together. I mean, I think one of the things I can say is church, right? I grew up mm -hmm. here and went to church and, you know, there's still a lot of songs that bring me back to my roots. Um, at the, a couple of weeks ago in church, they played Amazing Grace. And I'm like, okay, I mean, like, I'm like, I ball at that song every, every single time. I could go to somebody's funeral and not even know anybody there. And I would be just in uh, like a yeah. puddle of mud, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's such a, you know, I think it's so powerful, especially for kids that, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're on a troubled path and, and it's, mm -hmm. it, it's, first of all, it's music, which it's can bring people together. And two, depending on what these kids are doing with it, it also takes a little bit of discipline, right? Whether you're mm -hmm. singing or playing it. So let me talk about that. So when you say mm -hmm. you have 500 kids, is this 500 kids enrolled in, in the program or is kids orchestra going out to schools and the programs at schools kind of walk us through the details of what that looks like. Well, um, we go to the kids. Um, okay. We are an out of school program. So after school, gotcha. we go to the kids. Um, so for instance, we're at Dufrock Elementary School. So the kids, uh, right after they're finished with school, they we're in the cafeteria waiting for them. We give them a healthy snack. It has to be healthy. Um, and uh, we, uh, so they have a super healthy, healthy snack or supper. Then we help them a little bit with homework. We give them some time to do homework. Um, and then we do some, some uh, exercises with them to kind of focus them mm -hmm. and to kind of bring them, kind of bring them down off of you know, you kind of finish with school and sometimes you're kind of up on a cliff and you need yeah. to kind of be brought down. You yeah. Know? I feel like, I feel like adults need this too, after, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. you know, they love it. Day of work. <laughs> we do mindfulness games with them and things, and it is based on social and emotional learning and we're, we're gurus in it. And, but the, our, our big reason that we do it is to, is to, connect with the kids and to get them to breathe to settle down I mean to 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 walk in and okay eat do your homework okay go to these classes and start learning to play the violin it was just like you know it's just too much for them so we added this component and the the teacher actually works with them and it's been a wonderful um connection for the kids with the teacher so then so 
at Dufrock, we have about 50 kids and they go then into their classes and we have foundations which is for K and one kids and they they play instrument specific for their age they sing they do creative dancing all that kind of stuff with star scars and stuff then uh in second grade we start with uh orchestral instruments violin viola cello you know or wind instruments flute you know clarinet brass instruments trumpet uh trombone and we also do percussion so then they go into their specific instrument and they do a 50 minute lesson and you're right music is uh, music can be a very emotional emotionally moving thing i mean i'm sure you can i mean you were talking about amazing grace and you can think about times when you sang amazing grace or you were listening and what was happening mm -hmm. to you at that mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. it's um, a lot of memories to that oh yeah and there's memories connect with the music um and so music does touch your heart and it touches your soul yeah. um and one of the best ways to to really dive into music is to learn to make the music yourself and so that's what we try to do is give them the tools to learn to make the music themselves we're not necessarily looking to create a little moats little mozarts though we do have a couple that have turned that way but we're really just we're giving them that opportunity to express themselves through music and in so doing they're sitting they're sitting in a group with people with kids who also love music and and you know maybe they're from very different walks of life but we're all together yeah yeah and we create music together yeah so. I think there's you know I I feel like there's a statistic and I don't know what it is but most kids like structure right mm -hmm. and so when kids have some sort of structure especially after school depending mm -hmm. on what their parents are doing if they're working or something like that um i think this is just a really good thing for these kids that ultimately whether they go into music for their career or not is teaching mm -hmm. them some life skills discipline they're forming friendships y'all are doing the mindful i'm not kidding you like mm -hmm. whatever you do for those kids uh i think that um adults need to do after a work day right mm -hmm. i mean absolutely adults we think we're so much like smarter than kids but like we're not sometimes you know and so yeah. i yeah. think that yoga you know just all kinds of you know yeah but you can see how there's a correlation i said in the beginning that i'd helped you know start the school that was an inclusion school yeah everybody was invited to be there that's the same concept of kids orchestra everybody's invited to be in kids orchestra and uh we take away financial constraints you know if you can't pay we provide a scholarship um because the tuition is based on a sliding scale according to your home um mm -hmm household income but we want everyone to feel that they are a part of something really wonderful and really special um and just like the school you know and we've had kids with cochlear implants um we've had kids in wheelchairs we've you know we've had uh children with that um have trouble seeing we've had 
every children from every walk of life and we figure out a way to make sure that they feel that they are part of this and that and also we make accommodations for everyone you know so yeah that's uh that's really powerful so let me ask you this so what is the I'm, i'm assuming that you guys since you're a nonprofit, you do uh do you guys apply for grants or is a lot of the funding from private donors? Do you have a fundraiser? <laughs> where's all, where's that coming from? What's the source of that? Well, um, we, <laughs> we're a typical nonprofit and we just scrounge for funding. Um, we seem to do very well with grants. We get, we've gotten some powerful grants, um, uh, I think uh, the combination of children and music and education um, strikes a chord with a lot of funders. Um, we also have private funders who donate, um, and uh, we do get some help from the state. And um, so it's you know it's it's just a combination and um our biggest fundraiser that's coming up is 225 gifts which is may the 4th okay and um i'm not going to say what our theme is because i don't want anybody else to steal our idea (laughs) but it's going to be really cool um last year we raised i think close to forty eight thousand dollars through 225 gifts it's really incredible um so we're excited about doing that um and uh also uh the school district also uh and and uh, the uh charter schools who we work with they also uh give us funding as well oh, okay so, yeah so like a lot of nonprofits from various sources it's kind of yeah. a bag you know yeah we have the we have the pie and it comes from very a lot of different sources mm-hmm. um i wish we had more uh individual donors that's a place where we could really work to you know push it up um because there's just there's a lot of kids here in Baton Rouge who who need and deserve to be in kids orchestra and you know their family cannot afford it and we want to be able to give those scholarships out so individual donors and let me ask you this if they go to the website which the website's really easy to find if you google kids orchestra it comes right up if they go to the website is there a place for them to donate there There is okay and then is there an option for i was gonna say monthly subscription but that's not what i mean like Mm -hmm. an auto monthly donation Mm -hmm. there is okay absolutely I've got different uh, giving and funding options. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we really go the gamut to try to make <laughs> it as easy as possible. <laughs> and so your scholarships, are those awarded at the beginning of the school year? And do kids apply for the scholarships? What does that look like? We do. Um, we, uh, the parents have to um, submit their, either their tax uh, form or uh if they have a if they get snap benefits or something showing that where their income is and then and then we place them and everybody pays something um be it fifty dollars or fifteen hundred dollars but everybody i feel like everybody needs to have skin in the game but with that you also not only do you get 
twice a week kids orchestra with you know all the accoutrement and but you also get an instrument we provide all the instruments oh, as well wow okay. yes so you do not the parents do not have to go out and rent an instrument or anything like that so we so, try to make it as turnkey so about those instruments uh can people also donate use they sure can Okay. Interesting. Uh, Jody, I don't want to disappoint you, but like, I, I can't play an instrument. Oh, that's I okay. can't even read music, but I love the people <laughs> that can, nor do you want me singing ever. So, oh. uh, but yeah, I think that's great. And I wonder how many people know that if they have all, you know, some used instruments and mm-hmm. what they can do with them. I think that would be a great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, great. Yeah, sometimes I, you know, I've heard, you know, kids orchestras like Baton Rouge just best kept secret. It's, it's, you know, it's always been hard to get the word out and we, we work on it all the time. Um, but yes, uh, one way that people can help us is, you know, by donating an instrument or uh, volunteering or, um, or of course, you know, uh, hitting the donate button on our website. I mean, those are, those are three ways that we definitely can use help. Yeah. And I, um, I think just getting the word out is, can be a little challenging, especially in Baton Rouge, just because I feel like we do have a lot of nonprofits that are all Mm -hmm. doing really good things. Mm -hmm. I like how specific and focused this one is. Mm -hmm. I think that's really what makes it special. And clearly you're very passionate about it. Um, I mean, you've grown the number of kids that want to do it. Um, so I think it's great. I really do. I, oh, thank I, you. I always say that nonprofit executive directors are nonprofits are some of the best <laughs> people in this world because well, thank you. in order to do what you do on a daily basis, I know you love it, but it comes with challenges to run a nonprofit. Yes, it does. Right. I mean, it just <laughs> does. It's a lot of work. And I feel like in order to want to put forth that much work, you have to have someone that's really genuine and that's passionate about that mission. And you can definitely tell that you are. You have to be passionate about the mission. And I always say it comes back to the kids. What's the most important thing? It's all about the kids. Yeah. And the first thing is, are they safe? Yeah. We are we creating a safe environment for them to come and do something extraordinary. And that's what we strive to do. Um, and I feel like, you know, I told you my life story, you know, a reader's digest version, <laughs> but I feel like everything that I did in my life was to prepare me to be executive director of kids orchestra. I, I truly believe that. So you um, feel like it's your calling. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And this is my 10th year. Wow. Yes. Yes. So we're having a celebration. My board's been wonderful and they're having a celebration for me on April the 27th. That's so Congratulations, Jerry. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you have a board of directors Mm -hmm. um, and how, how many uh, people sit on that board? Um, It's not a big board. We have about seven people. And then we also have an advisory board with another about seven people on it. So yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I'm not a nonprofit expert. I've sat on plenty of boards. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the more people, the more opinions, you know what I mean? So keeping it. Yeah. You involved. have to be careful. <laughs> Gotta be careful. Um, so, um, oh, Jody, I was going to, oh, I was going to ask another question. So do frog, is that the only school you guys are in right now? Or are you in other schools? Oh, we're in a plethora of schools. Okay. Um, 
okay. we're in oh gosh let's see westdale heights and uh magnolia woods audubon br flame um democracy prep we do a program at um a um it's called the ascent project and it's for um families that live in like section eight homes okay. or apartments and we do a program there um uh we have a uh let's see advantage charter i mean basically we wow. have tons uh so we so we do all that then we also have a program where we do private lessons and we have about 50 kids in our private lesson program um and for instance the baton rouge symphony gives us uh, a grant every year to pay for about six or seven kids to be in that program who are low income who show aptitude or they're ex musically accelerated and we put them in this program and then the the objective with these kids is to help them progress through kids orchestra and move on into louisiana youth orchestra which is part of baton rouge symphony so we you know we do things like that and then we also have a program called uh music and books which we do at the library uh once a month and we are at three different um libraries across uh, baton rouge and we go in and we have specialists that uh who actually take music take books and bring them to life through music the kids love that, oh my gosh, um, that and cool. then we also have a partnership with knock knock museum um and we do concerts over there three or four times a year um so it turns out that we have we we work with about a thousand kids a year right now i was gonna say y'all you got a lot going on <laughs> we have a lot i going mean in on. a great way but i mean y'all yeah. are definitely you got you know, I, I love the fact that you've made a footprint and you're continuing to expand on that with those programs. I kind of, I would, I would, I get the feeling from you that you're kind of always thinking like, what else can we be doing? What exactly. else do we do? How do we increase the funding and stuff like that? That's mm -hmm. what makes a good executive director, right? <laughs> and so you've been doing it for 10 years and it's almost like you just started not for experience, but like, just because you're so passionate, energetic right. about it. Thank you. Know? you. Yes. Yeah. Got up. It's, it's absolutely got to be very authentic. So, um, so let's just talk a little bit about some fun personal stuff. Okay. So you <laughs> said you have, do you have kids? I do. Okay. Yes. Talk yeah. about the kids. If you don't. Oh boy. Them. You think I'm, you think I'm bad about talking about kids orchestra. Don't let me get started on my kids. <laughs> well, no, we want to know. So how old are they? I have two boys okay. and I have a 27 year old and a 30 year old. Okay. And um, neither one is married. Um, I do have two grand dogs, um, Rico and Boudreau. Mm -hmm. And uh, my son, Nate, uh, is uh, an attorney. And in fact, he's about to start a new position at Morris Bart down in New Orleans. Um, and uh, he's been, he's worked in, um, He's been a public defender and a prosecutor uh, in Lafayette, and now he's moving to New Orleans. And uh, he's very funny, and he's so cute, and speaks beautiful French. And he's just the coolest kid. He's the coolest guy. And then I have Sebastian, and um, Sebastian is the cerebral one, and he graduated from UCLA, and went into data science and um by the time he 
graduated from UCLA, he was already cited on, I don't know, four or five papers. Incredible. Uh, went to work for Amgen Pharmaceuticals as a data scientist and um, is just done incredibly well. And um, he's presented twice at MIT because he's wow. his uh, he's into uh, he's become an expert in deep learning, whatever that is. Um, but, um, so they're just there. I, I, I don't know. I was just blessed with these wonderful, wonderful children, and they just always been super successful academically you know in life they're just they're just great boys and I'm so excited and um so as I creep up in 10 years I'm looking at that you know I'm kind of getting old and I'm gonna have to retire pretty soon so in the next three to four years I'm gonna re be retiring and so uh you know how you probably have figured out nothing's ever really you know, completely normal with me. You know, there was the dog thing. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just fell into it being a dog breeder. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, uh, so my son, who is the data scientist, um, he also loves anything to do with plants and, you know, stuff. So during COVID, he and my husband got together and um, they came up with this great idea of starting a truffle farm. Um, and I'm not talking about the chocolate ones. I'm talking about the ones that grow in the ground. Okay. No. Is that how you make truffle oil? Yes. Yes. Except don't get me started on truffle oil because it's all really fake. But okay. anyway, so truffles. Okay, I'm here to learn. I'm here for it. Little black truffles. Okay. And so they, during COVID, they spent like a year and they flew all over the United States. They got in touch with, to look at land. They got in touch with these people, with this consulting firm that in Sonoma who does truffles. Um, long story short, I'm sitting right now in the Blue Ridge Mountains of uh, Virginia on our truffle farm in our farmhouse. <laughs> and um, last, uh, Fall, they planted 1,200 um, oak trees and uh, hazelnut trees that had been inoculated with the truffle fungus. And it's a long-term investment because okay. it takes about five years before we can get a truffle. Um, and so uh, we have 37 acres and this beautiful area. It's on but it's called Buffalo Mountain and it's just it's gorgeous. And the reason that we chose it is because where there's usually where there's wineries that you're gonna find truffles. Oh, and there's okay. three wineries right around here. Of course we had the soil tested and everything. So um I spend a lot of time here doing Zooms um, and working from here in Virginia um, while we work on the truffle farm. So, hey, yeah, your life's more interesting than mine, Jody. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, was there was there an article about this truffle farm ever? Okay, I'm, no, I'm like, no. Like, why does it sound familiar? I went back to my my correspondence with Katie and I'm like did she tell me that I don't know this just sounds I don't know. Uh, the name of our truffle form is La Petite Montagne 
and uh which means the little mountain because we have a little mountain uh-huh. and uh and my husband my husband is also in um in data science and he uh works he can work from anywhere so he works from here uh a lot and uh when he retires this will be his retirement he loves wow. to be outside he loves you know and you know when you um do things like this outside and you have a farm you get to have a lot of boy toys like side by side can-ams and four-wheelers and tractors and living the dream oh yeah i mean there's a lot of equipment there's this barn full of boy toys they're so cool so anyway that's cool yeah Yeah, that's what yeah (laughs) so like jody and her family just (laughs) take a leap of faith but i'm i I don't know what that would be yet you know can't play music i can talk to people we'll see what i can do with that as a career so my older son who has the grand dogs and by the way he's the reason that i got into dog breeding because his second word was dog dog so he's all about the dogs well we have to have truffle dogs you don't use pigs because pigs like to bite your fingers off and they like to eat the truffles. So you use truffle dogs. So the dogs will be sent to California to be trained on how to be truffle sniffers. And he will run the dogs and help with, um, you know, gathering the truffles. So that's... Well, no wonder you like your son so much. They're just, I know. They're, they're doing great things. I like yes. it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say, though, they probably got their work ethic, drive, and motivation from <laughs> mom probably their dad too if I'm just gonna throw a noodle at the wall and try that's fabulous that is so cool um yeah I think you're just doing really great things and thank you I'm just excited for the future um you might retire in a couple of years for the next person that you hand the baton to I think that they are in great hands and they have a great teacher in front of them so well um, you know one thing I've learned is, and one reason I, I announced is because I want to have a secession plan Yeah, and I want to leave kids orchestra better than I found it. Yeah. That's what a good leader does. That's and what so leader that's, does. that's what, we're, that's what we're working on yeah. um, is to make sure when I pass it off, that I'm passing it off in really in wonderful, in a wonderful way and a wonderful condition. And, and I know that the next person will be just as passionate as I am about it. Yes. You know, so, and I have to say one thing too, about this part of Virginia is this is a music Mecca. And I'm so excited because I want to start making music again, because I, my, my staff gigs a lot, but I don't. And I want to get back into music and start making some music myself. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that happens a lot of time when people are running an organization. Mm -hmm. It's not that you don't, it's not that you still aren't passionate about, like you're passionate about it. You're passionate about the mission. What do I need? Yeah. yeah. But you're wearing so many hats to try to run that organization. I can tell you, and this has nothing to do with music, but there are days whenever I look at my team and they're doing a great job and I think, hmm, can we switch spots? Like, can <laughs> yes. you tell me to do some number crunching and all that stuff? Yes, exactly. I, numbers, exactly. So I know the feeling. I think and, that- that's, and I have to say, like, same with my team. I love it that I have two 
tuba players with doctorates in tuba. I've got Sonella Agassi who has a doctorate in violin, you know, and then I have wonderful Sam, the drummer and you know, and he goes out and does drum circles. This is one thing that we do too, is we do drum circles all over Baton Rouge and we do African drumming, talking drums. It's so much fun. Yeah, I bet. It is. And you know what? I mean, we've done it for companies as like a team building thing and they love it. I mean, everybody gets into the drums and we have authentic African drums, you know, djembe's and conga and all kinds of stuff. It's so much fun. I love drum circles. Drum circles. They're yeah, just it's wonderful. so neat. I love all yes. this. So to end, because I want to be respectful of your time as well, Jody. Sure. Um, go to their website. I simply Googled it. Kids Orchestra, Louisiana. Very easy to find without yep. a smiling off Kids our website. Kidsorchestra.org. Yeah, it's, it's on there. Do you guys have social media? Oh, yeah. We're on um, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, we post some of the cutest things. We do videos all the time, and they're just adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. us on, yeah, like us on social media. Too. Like them, follow them, check them out for all the great things that you guys are doing. Donate, go to their website and do that. Um, so just keep up to date. So, Jody. Thank you very, very much for being here. This Aww. was incredibly informative for me. I was aware of this organization, uh, but I was really excited to get to dig in a little bit deeper uh, and see the positive impacts that you're having on our community, because that's just so uh, beneficial and impactful to, to our kids. So thank and thank you so much so for much. zooming in. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you. Um you know, and you can tell anytime I get to talk about kids orchestra, I just, I can't help but smile. Yeah. It's just... you, you're going to, we're going to, the listeners are definitely going to be able to hear that <laughs> smile. So I hope the listeners enjoyed this episode and that everyone so has a great week. Thank you, Jody. Thank you. You take care. Now. All right. You too. Bye, Jody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.